welcome to the Vector Accelerator podcast, where we delve into the profound journey of veterans navigating the transition from military service to civilian life. Join us as we explore the challenges faced and the critical question for clarity in identity, purpose, and community beyond the uniform. I'm your co-host, Michael Halterman. My friends call me Halty, and I hope you will too. I spent about 20 years in the United States Marine Corps, first 10 years as an infantryman, and the second 10 years in special operations. The best version of me is always in service to others. I'm joined by my co-host, Joe Lara. You know, I joined the Navy to serve four years thinking that was going to be it, but that quickly turned into 24 and it flew by. Today, the best version of me is serving and hustling for others so that they can find clarity. And Halty and I, we're here together and we hope that you can find the best version of you. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Scott Schimmel. Thank you so much for joining us, Scott. Halty, Joe, such a fun time to be together. Can't wait. Yes. So Scott, as a founding member of the Vector Accelerator and co-founder of U-School, you've played a key role in guiding individuals, particularly veterans, through transformative journeys. To start, could you share a bit about your own pivotal moment in your transition journey that really led to you school and where we find us ourselves today on this uh, episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll go back a few years. I was a senior in college and I had like a panic attack and I was in a, the story was I'd been pursuing accounting and finance uh, for years, uh, pretty diligently. Uh, I came from a family that did that. That's, I mean, I grew up in South Orange County. Like that's just kind of what you're supposed to do <laughs> when you're born and raised there. Go become a business person, be responsible, be respectable, make good money. And uh, I had seven internships, all in accounting and finance. And, but I went to this uh, final job interview with a, a huge global accounting firm. It was like, it, it sounds super nerdy, but in the accounting world, this was like getting picked to come and join the major leagues. And I had the offer letter on the desk to sign, to have the job, which to me meant have the life, have the life that I've been pursuing, have the life that I grew up in. And like, literally I had like a panic attack and I, and I just, um, I don't know if anyone's ever blown an interview before, but I absolutely blew it. <laughs> I just said, Hey, sir, before I sign that offer letter, before I kind of join in this life that I'm supposed to have, I just want to tell you, I had a nightmare last night and, and I, in my nightmare, I saw myself working here 20 years from now <laughs> and I'm just, I don't think I can do this. And the guy, um, I will never forget. I think he he knew that I was blowing it. He could tell that I was having like a moment. And um, I don't remember him rolling his eyes, but I'm sure he did on, on the inside. Like, how'd this guy make it to this step? And uh, he kind of uh, turned the, the questions back to me and said, well, well what do you want? And, and my answer was, I have no clue what I want. And I walked out of that office in a, in a total like zombie mode. And I, and I think for the next six to 12 months, just wandered, um, trying to find somebody that could help me figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. That central question. So in many ways, this idea of U school and transition started then and, uh, is really born out of my own deep frustration that I had no tools at that point at 21 years old to understand anything about myself. And so in some ways, U school is just like me being really ticked off <laughs> at the world. So there's the backstory. 
That is epic. And what a great example of, and I think we've alluded to it maybe several times and throughout this whole course is being able to tell your story and pulling out the relevant parts yeah. that help you make sense of where you are today. And before we keep going, before I hand it off to Joe, our group introspective exercise for today, I'll go first, Joe go, and that'll give you time, Scott, to kind of contemplate it since you're our guest and we're not trying to throw you curveballs. In the future, I hope I remember. In the future, I hope I remember. And so the first thing that came to mind for me uh, as, I was, as I was thinking about that is it's really easy to remember my veteran experience all happy and rosy in all the mm. wonderful parts. And <laughs> it's important to keep that in perspective and not, you know, make sure that I remember holistically that it wasn't all bad, nor was it all good. There was a lot of all of it. And that taking it as a holistic look is probably better to move me forward in a, in a positive way. So those are my thoughts. Yeah. Love it, Halty. I, I think for me, every time I say yes to something new, and I'm talking like putting myself out of, you know, in, out of the comfort zone uh, into something that's, that's kind of maybe a little bit bold or, or, or uh, pushing myself, there's always this self-doubt. And, and that's kind of normal, right? But sometimes like that self-doubt plays out a little bit too much. And so I think mm -hmm. I don't want to forget my successes in my past and kind of use that as fuel to push me through and keep me hyper-focused. Um, I think that's, a, that's just a really good mm -hmm. um, you know, thing to do, for at least for me, is know your backstory, look at successes, and then that helps kind of you know, uh, be, become that fuel for me. I like that, Joe. I'll, I'll jump off of that one. I think uh, similarly for me, I hope I remember where I come from and not as much the successes, but I think how far I feel like I've come. And, and that's not something I would like brag about. Look how far I've come. But for me, it helps me be really grateful for the life that I have now, the kind of, I think, values that I've surrounded myself with, people, uh, choices I've made. And, um, and I think it really helps me stay small and <laughs> remember I'm not that important. <laughs> I'm just really fortunate um, to have had the people in the, in the pivotal moments that I've had because I'm really grateful for how my life has turned out and is turning out. So I hope I remember where I come from. Love it. So uh, Scott, at this part of the, of the, of the program of the course, we're at the very end. It's, it's your next steps. It's the next mission. Um, I think for a lot of veterans, as you know, as we, we've worked with mm -hmm. many hundreds over the years, um, identity and purpose is something that's really hard to kind of um, uh, maybe let go of old notions of old thoughts of, of what that means mm -hmm. and kind of look at what is next. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we look at what's next, um, what, what, is, what is identity and purpose and it not being fixed? not being fixed. What does that mean to you? Or what do you, when you hear that, like, Hey, your identity and purpose is not fixed. What yeah. does that mean to you? Because, because I think your words can help encourage others to hear. Yeah. I think it, when you say it that way, I, I like that because it just reminds me of how, um, how out of control this sort of is. Meaning I look at my son who's 17 and I have another daughter who's 15. So they're, they're in that beginning stages that I think transitioning veterans find themselves in again. Uh, meaning that the questions are becoming really live and um, can precipitate, can, can spark a, a lot of anxiety because 
I think whether you're a teenager or um, active service member, so much of your identity and your purpose is fixed for you. And, you know, back in the day, at least for my kids, it's like your identity as a student, your purpose is to do well in school. And that is, that can organize everything. And, And I think in a similar way, having not served myself, but understanding the kind of service member mentality, like you're given an identity, a role, and a, and a job and a mission and, a, you know, <laughs> specific parameters. But then when uh, it, upon transition and, and or for my kids starting out life, all of a sudden those questions are no longer fixed. There's, and the fixed points are kind of all over the map. And so I just appreciate the anxiety that comes up from that um, because you have to, I think at the end of the day, you have to make choices that, um, that say no to certain things in personas and say yes to others. And there's just a lot of, there's a lot of, at, at risk. I think it, or it can feel like there's a lot at risk when the reality is it's iterative. You've, you figure it out as you go, at least in my experience, but I think it just feels, it feels very weighty. So I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's helpful, but I just want to like validate how much anxiety can come from trying to figure these things out. We talked, um, in one of the last episodes with Michelle Cole, Dr. Michelle Cole, I, I asked the question about what is, what is the role of curiosity mm. in, in when making decisions? And I feel like curiosity plays a big role in what we're talking about right now. Can you yeah. expand on how do you go from fixed points to chaos and unknown? And how does curiosity play into that? Yeah, I love, I love that term because I think it's, I think it's true. I think it's true for, for me. Uh, I'm, I'm continually like, I think shocked or surprised at how complex I am, how complex people are. There's always more to the story. There's always more to discover every single day. I think is ripe with opportunity to reflect and learn. Um, if you have that orientation of curiosity and it can require, um, I don't know if it's courage or strength. Certainly it's a, it's a vulnerable thing to constantly be reflective. Um, I hear in, in part of my head is like, that's what self-centered people do. <laughs> and I just acknowledge <laughs> there's a fine line. There's a gray area between being a reflective person and a self-centered person. And I think when I'm in those modes of being self-centered, I find myself one feeling anxious, um, but two kind of ruminating on things like just rehashing things. And it, and it makes my world smaller. But when I'm, when I'm in the curious mode, I just recognize um, there's more to the story. Uh, the more questions I ask, the more curious I am, the more insights I'll get. And I think that makes my world bigger. And that's ex- that feels exciting to me, that, it, that the world could be bigger, that I could be actually more complex than who I've been and what I've done in the past. Because for me, that, that brings hope that I could actually be better tomorrow because <laughs> I look in the past and I don't know, I hope I can be more kind, more loving, more patient, more joyful, more grateful uh, than I was yesterday. And if I'm curious, then that could be true. If I'm fixed, I don't, I don't know. What you see is what you get. And that's definitely a bummer. I love that. Yeah, man, so many similar themes you said today compared to what Dr. Michelle Cole was talking about and vulnerability, a, a lot of it. it was, it's, it's awesome to, to hear those consistent themes. Um, for those that have actually maybe made progress, Scott, and, and you've come across several veterans that maybe have had, had some good success, they're moving forward, they're finding it maybe a good cadence or rhythm into that next thing. But then 
they may get stuck and they start looking mm-hmm. kind of maybe going back and 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 their old maybe old habits and and yeah uh and you know what what comes to mind when you when you see that when you hear them what what's your advice for them that's great i yeah i have seen that i've seen people kind of come around in cycles every two or three years like oh you're back again <laughs> and it seems like as i as i try to understand where they've been but kind of not necessarily where they've been geographically or professionally but where where's their mindset been I kind of go back to what we were just sharing. Like I hear them say they, they kind of got into a fixed mindset again. And I think the evidence of that, the symptoms of that, of a fixed mindset are when um, community stops, when you stop having conversations. So we're obviously so big into this idea of having cups of coffee with people. Um, I'm drinking coffee right now. The point is not to have coffee. The point is to uh, enlist other people to be supportive uh, of your journey. And I think when people get fixed, they stop having those kinds of conversations and, um, and they lose sight of what could be and who they really are. And so I think the, like the first move that I've learned uh, back again is typically the conversation I'm having with them. Like, oh, here we are again, having an open, honest dialogue about your life and what you're learning about yourself. Now it's time to kind of do some laps with other people as well. And that has a way, and I can't explain it, but it has a way of opening me. I think it opens up other people to the possibilities of who they are and who they could be. It reminds them of things. And maybe it's the mirroring effect you get from other people. Maybe it's the, um, I don't know, kind of the the infection of the positive vibes from them as well. Um, But something, I I think that's that's probably the key part to keep the lines of communication open with people. In, uh, in your experience with cups of coffee, because I'm, I'm assuming you've had quite a few and, and they span different <laughs> subject matters because yeah. it's not always just necessarily about a transition. Maybe you're just trying to figure something out, right? Solve a problem. Yeah. Do you have a good example of like a big win that may have come in the, it may have been disguised as, you know what? I absolutely was going down the wrong path or, Ooh, mm-hmm. this was, uh, maybe this industry was the wrong industry or, or something along the lines of, man, I was trying to figure this out. And up front, it kind of feels it feels like ah shoot, I hit a dead end. But really, it was a big win in disguise. Well, I I mean, I could share my own experiences of that. I, I mean, I have been on let's say the receiving end of the cup of coffee. I've been the invited one mm. many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I've ever had a moment where like the insights happen, where I'm the one mm. who's like, hey, did you know? But I've had that happen to me many times, and uh, I had this experiment really all through my. 20s. So it's a long time of trying to meet as many people as I could to become legitimate friends, not the like cheesy version of networking, but like friend friends. Mm -hmm. And a few years into that, I started to see the fruit of it. And part of the fruit was meeting people that I had a lot in common with, but also being able to introduce other people to one another Yeah, because I'd had actually legitimate friendships with people that I'd met. Um, but U-School, in many ways, uh, the origin story, of course, is my own back in college, but also it, uh, it's uh, the real origin of, uh, of U-School is a cup of coffee with someone at a Starbucks. Um, I just was sharing this kind of like general angst that I had that people had still not figured out how to help young people <laughs> find their identity and purpose. And a friend of mine said, you got to meet this guy named Sean. And I said, okay, <laughs> sure. We met. And I just shared with Sean, not like, hey, I'm looking for help, but I just kind of shared what I shared at the beginning of this. Like, I don't know where you go if you really want to figure yourself out. 
And I'll never forget that Sean kind of had this weird look in his eyes and he looked back at me and he's like, this is going to sound crazy, but I've been actually looking for you, someone just like you, because I've seen the same thing in a different vantage point. And we're looking for somebody just like you who had, has kind of had the experience in the trenches. And we had a, maybe a, a 60 minute coffee. And I remember getting in the car, calling my wife on the, uh, in between meetings. And, and I was like kind of giddy. And she's, she said, uh, what happened at that meeting? I said, I don't, you know, I met this guy and, and I think it's going to change everything. I think it's going to change um, kind of like that old game Minesweeper where you <laughs> hit the, the right square and everything opens up. It felt like one of those moments. And then she said, like, well, what does that mean? And I said, I have no idea what that means. And I had no real imagination that he and I, along with a guy named Greg Imamoto, were going to start a company and it was going to become the main source of uh, kind of purpose in my life. Uh, but it all goes back to just being curious and um, friends introducing friends to other people. And I'm so thankful that I, that I chose to do that back then. That's something I look back at little me. I'm like, thanks me for doing that. That was really, really helpful. <laughs> Great story. I love that story. Um, it, it, it's because we've been hitting on these themes and it's not just in this podcast, but in others. Yeah. Um, I'm starting, I'm starting to see there's like some best practices and you know, you know, veterans, man, we love checklists. Yeah. Um, so we probably could come up with 20, but, but maybe the three of us, we can come up with like the top five, three things to do uh -huh. when it comes to sort of like moving forward and the next mission and the next thing. So there's, yeah. so that's yeah. one, uh, what else comes to mind? Well, I think to expand on that a little bit, and, and I know you, the three of us are super nerds on this, but the idea of <laughs> discovering the right questions. I really am convinced that the checklist is less activities to do. It's more questions to answer. And the curiosity, I think if you're, if that's the ingredient, the, like the fuel is trying to come up with your answers to these big questions, questions that we're going through in this podcast, the questions that we take people through in the curriculum and vector accelerator, who are you? What do you want? Uh, what's most important to you? And if you, so then the actual activities are cups of coffee, conversations, Zoom calls, meetings face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's like mechanics around that, like following up on email saying, thank you. <laughs> and LinkedIn connecting with somebody like that becomes the, I don't know, the kind of the, the bystanders of this like real actual process. Um, but I'm just fascinated by the idea that there are questions that if you come up with the answers, and they're your answers, no one else's, then um, things will connect. Things will start to make sense for you. Yeah, I think that, you know, I find myself getting introvert at times and not wanting to connect. And like, I've got a problem to solve, right? Because I'm not working on transition right now. I'm, I'm solving business problems and I'm using yeah. cups of coffee to do that. And I will find myself trapping and fixing my own, well, I just don't feel like reaching out today. I've got all this other stuff and I'm busy with meetings yeah. and creating a line of excuses, but mm -hmm. leaning into curiosity works, leaning into, I've solved so many other problems with the power mm -hmm. of connecting with others and those random, Hey, meet this guy, Sean, who you yeah. just never would have met. Had you not just taken a moment to put the schedule aside and the excuses aside and just have yeah. a conversation, even maybe after having a bunch of bad conversations where they didn't feel right. good up front, <laughs> it's worth it to lean into that discomfort, use the, the, the tactics you're talking about because 
something good's going to come out of it. Well, Halton, you and I are such um, nerds about books and, and mm. listening and reading. I th- I think you can have conversations. I know I do, and and not actually be talking. I'm, I'm listening in to conversations that other people mm. are having, and that because I am definitely on the introvert side of the spectrum as well. The energy it can take can can it just be too much sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I just won't do it. Uh, but I can still have conversations with people, the podcasts that we listen to, the books that we listen to and read. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reading these like deep nerdy journal papers that I found on some PhD website. Like I just have dozens of these printed out and I feel like I'm having conversations with these, I don't know, super nerdy PhD guys uh, because I'm just like um, a fly in the wall to the conversations they're having. And that really does something for me that can connect dots. I, I've been on, uh, walks with my dog where I literally have to stop and start taking notes because something just connected mm. these disparate thoughts and, and, and things I hadn't really figured out how to connect all of a sudden are connecting. Cause I'm listening to someone else talk about something using different vocabulary than I normally do. And it's like this huge moment of insight. Mm-hmm. And I almost like look up at the heavens. Like, what, what, what was that? I'm just listening to some random podcast that no one even knew existed. And I found it and it just, it kind of tied everything together. So that's another thing I don't think we talk about as much, but I'm glad you pointed that out because uh, many of us, yeah, you're right. Um, the introversion thing, there's or, or whatever the resistance is, mm-hmm. vulnerability. I don't know who to talk to. I'm busy. That can become mm. a real barrier. And if that's what you're hearing to this course, it, do this or else. I think you know there are other ways to have conversations. Hmm. I love it. The 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 reading, the the different things that you guys are doing. Um, it's, it's cool to hear these examples. I know for myself, uh, it's curiosity, but it's also like problem solving. I remember one of the questions that Scott, you asked me when I was going through my transition years ago inside the U school curriculum was what problems are you trying to solve? But yeah. it wasn't so much like what Halty's talking about with business. I'm talking, we're talking like big world problems, things that just really tick you off maybe. Yeah. And, um, and I remember, I don't know who, who gets credit for this quote, but it was yeah. something like, like these problems are so big, you can't miss if you're just trying to do something towards it, like positive uh-huh. towards it. Like they're just so big. So try. And, uh, and I remember for me, what kind of got me unstuck when I felt stuck was uh-huh. just this idea of, of, uh, of fatherlessness of, of, uh, I saw the, I started lo- just looking at these statistics, mm. uh, just popping out of the census bureau, like of all places of like you know, families and what, what a, what a, a together family looks like with a mom and a dad and the, and the kid yeah. and everything, like the perfect scenario. But then seeing this, this gap with, I don't know, in the data and I'm like, where are all the dads at? And that just started my yeah. mind going down this, this, uh, this area of curiosity, which led me to cups of coffee with nonprofits, which mm-hmm. led to, I mean, and then the line just took off Yeah, and it was so energetic, frustrating, uh, confusing, but I knew that forward leaning was the right thing to do at that time. Yeah. And it still is today. It's, it's incredible. Like just taking the, the chance and the risk to go into this space that maybe you've never explored. Um, I think that's really what the, I'm hearing from your, from your words of encouragement and hopefully yeah. people are hearing, you know, my example, but you know, we'll see. Well, I like uh, just to pull out a little bit from your example there, there's this, I think a spectrum of pursuits, uh, or I should say maybe the motivation for why we pursue things. What I heard in your story is you looked within and something deeply irked you, irritated you, bothered you. 
And so you mm -hmm. pursued that. I mean, the other, the fancy word for that is intrinsic motivation. Like something just, you almost can't explain it, but you just feel compelled to explore that, to be curious about it. And the other end of the spectrum is feeling forced to do something. Mm -hmm. And I think we can feel forced to do things. I mean, certainly by people, like people tell you to do something, orders that you're given, and it's just sucks. <laughs> it's lame. Uh, you can also, I think, feel forced by your own voice of like, whether it's shame or guilt or this is what good people do, um, that can so that that can taint the pursuit of something, and um, and I think what I've learned in research and in my own life is that being on the the intrinsic side of the spectrum works better <laughs> all around, um, and so it's not a waste of time to look within. It's not a waste of time to figure out what bothers you and then pursuing it. Um, frankly, there's a lot of different ways to earn an income. And, uh, and you might as well match it with something that you're just compelled to do. You're, you're excited about, you're interested in it. Or in other words, it really pisses you off that, 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 ex that problem exists. Then I don't know, give it a try for a moment. And maybe like in your world, Joe, um, it didn't, it so far hasn't fitting in your professional, like income world, but it's certainly a part of your life and living life sure. well that you're still drawn to that. So I, I just think there's. That's a really interesting point you made. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and you're right. I'm not making a living off of it, but there's still other organizations that I'm closely tied to that yeah. are in that area, that in that space. So yeah. uh, there, is a, there is a good story. There's and, another part of that too. I think even the contents of what you're talking about is, is helpful for some people to hear that. Um, and this is, there's great research on this too. It's part of the, these nerdy papers I'm reading. Um, the actual like end product of that is uh is is a good thing it's it's service it's caring for others and that's different than um making your way up the corporate ladder um earning a, uh, a certain income level um getting the vacation house like uh, apples to apples in terms of goal pursuits it turns out that people pers who pursue things that are in the service of others for the sake of others they report doing better in life that in other words they're happier mm. than the people that don't and that's a, just an interesting so if you're kind of like lost <laughs> like i don't know what to pick um the research would show and, and if happiness is important to you you might as well err on the side of picking something that would have a, a social impact a social good and that's not just so you can like write about it on instagram and feel better it actually internally feels better to pursue things like that uh, so I think that's another interesting, I don't think we say that enough and I think we should right. probably try to highlight that a little bit more when push comes to shove, you don't know what to do, pick something that'd be good for someone else and then see what happens. Great, great, great point, Scott. Love it. Um, and then, you know, as we wind down in the conversation, Scott, uh, fi any final words we've been on this journey for, together for, for several years now. Um, but for you and this audience and those that are listening that are going through this transition phase in their life. And maybe, maybe you're a veteran that's listening to this and you've been out for some time and you didn't know that you needed to go through this sort of experience. Yeah. What's your words of encouragement, Scott? I'll borrow from Michael Davidson, who was a guest on the show a few episodes ago. He's uh, been a part of this journey with us of Vector. He's been a part of Team Rubicon's story for a long time. He, his, his word of advice is don't audit this course. And by course, we mean these questions. Don't audit. And, and his intent is to say, it's so tempting 
to look at these very common, ordinary questions and think, yeah, I've got answers to that. What's most important? Of course I know. But his point is that's auditing. Uh, doing the work is actually pen and paper or and or talking with a friend out loud to like literally answer that question. And there's, a, I think, a vast difference between the two. And I know it is true for me and the other folks who do this. It's night and day. If you do this work, it will yield results. Uh, but the, the path to get there might be a little rocky because you might not be as clear and confident as you thought you were. So this is messy work. Uh, this is not neat and tidy. It takes uh, brain calories. It takes courage. It takes the willingness to get uncomfortable. But if there's one thing I know about veterans, typically when they hear that as a challenge, they rise up to it, which is different than when I work with students. I'm like, hey, this is going to be real hard. And they're like, never mind. <laughs> For it, scratch that. But veterans, I, I just see inherent uh, across cultures, uh, people's willingness to to do hard things. So do the hard work. Don't audit this. Get a pen, grab a friend, and work on it. That's awesome. I, I can see the veterans listening to you right now, arms folded, that are oh, relaxing yeah. them now. They're kind of their arms. Yep, their arms are kind of relaxing. Their 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 fists aren't so clenched right now. They're kind of picking up that pen and hopefully doing some journaling. So thank you so much, Scott, for yeah. for hanging with us and all you do. Um, as well as all you do behind the scenes. It's just incredible and it's very inspiring. How can people find you if they want to get to know Scott Schimmelmore, see what you're doing, see what you're doing for, for others? Yeah. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, geez, LinkedIn's super easy. Scott Schimmel, there is another, there's like four of us out in the world, which is weird. And they always steal the best uh, account names and stuff. So you can find me on LinkedIn if, if you're looking. And then uh, the U School, we have a YouTube channel and Instagram. So there's a lot of stuff we're posting there that is uh, really oriented towards young adults. But I think it's relevant. I think it's relevant for any age. So those are the two easiest spots. Awesome. Thank you again, Scott. And so for those listening, you know, transitioning, as you've heard in every episode of this season, uh, transitioning to military, to civilian life is super challenging, especially that first time. Um, I think you've heard their encouragement. Don't do it alone. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something that uh, it's not easy to figure out on your own. And the best way to do it is with others. Uh, so we want to invite our guests to head over to VectorAccelerator.org, where you can download our transition checklist and or enroll in Vector Accelerator's self-guided virtual course to accelerate your journey to clarity, conviction, and confidence. Oh,